I want to talk about honor today. Uh, I did a little bit on Sunday talking about the offering time, how we honor God with our substance. So we are going to read that again in a minute. But I want to talk about honor today and honor every which way. Honor from God, honor to God, honor toward people, uh, and honor toward different groups of people. So let's talk about the word honor, okay? Now, the definition of the word honor is, is, it comes from a Greek word, time. Old Testament is a different word, but in the Greek, time uh, is to recompense and to pay. That's the primary root. It's value. Honor means value. It could be money paid uh, and valuables. It means esteem to the highest degree. Uh, a valuing by which a price is fixed, or we could say the price itself, the price paid, uh, or the action received or given because of rank. So it doesn't always uh, correlate to monetary or material or, va- or, or, or price. Uh, sometimes it's just action because of a, a rank that someone holds. So there is a little bit of gray area there with what uh, honor is. But in the Bible, you'll see many times it's talking about money. It's in the context mentioned many times concerning money and material things. It's a strange way because we think I'm going to give you honor, you know, by bowing or saluting. Okay. Okay. That, that can partially be in there, but really, uh, honor is a value from your heart. Okay. So, uh, Matthew 15 verse eight, Jesus, or verse 7, Jesus called them hypocrites and said, Isaiah prophesied about you. Verse 8, these people draw near to me with their mouth and honor me with their lips, but their heart's far from me. So we're not just talking about lip service. We're not just talking about nice words to somebody. If you want to honor them, you've got to do more than just nice words. And in vain they worship me, teaching as doctrines the commandments of men. Uh, let me go ahead and turn to Proverbs chapter three. So draw near to God with your mouth, honor with lips, but heart is far. Probably happens every church service, doesn't it? I didn't hear any amens because it ain't happening here. Uh, I'll quote this to you from John five. Jesus said that all should honor the Son just as they honor the Father. He who does not honor the Son does not honor the Father who sent them. Now look at Proverbs here, chapter 3, verse 9. Honor the Lord with your possessions and with the first fruits of all your increase. King James says, honor the Lord with your substance, your possessions, with the first fruits of all your increase. So your barns will be filled with plenty and your vats will overflow with grape, new grape juice. Praise the Lord. Notice this, this is really the only time it says to honor the Lord with something. And it's with your substance. And so if you truly want to honor God, you do have to include giving as part of your lifestyle. And I'm talking about giving money, giving something that means something, giving something of value because you value God. Every Christian, every sincere Christian has always found a way to to begin giving God financial substance and giving to the poor and being generous. It's just the way of a Christian life. And so once you do that, you'll start getting free from yourself. You have to recognize that honor is outside of self, comes from your heart.
toward something else. To give honor means it's got to come from here. It can't just be lips. It can't just be surface. It comes from your heart, and it's toward somebody else. So in essence, I'm giving myself. I'm laying down my pride, my self-image. I'm laying down my substance. I'm giving something of me to you. Even if it's just a salute, you know, soldiers salute higher ranks. They walk in the room, the soldier's supposed to hop up and salute the higher rank. What are they doing? They're, they're, they're taking action because of the honor they're giving to someone above them. Look at First Chronicles. Chapter 29, 1 Chronicles 29. Verse, verse 11 says, uh, yours, O Lord, is the greatness, the, First Chronicles 29, 11, yours, O Lord, is the greatness, the power, the glory, the victory, the majesty, for all that is in heaven and in earth is yours. Yours is the kingdom, O Lord, and you're exalted as head over all. Both riches and honor come from you. And you reign over all. You're, you're, in your hand is power and might. In your hand is to make great and to give strength to all. Notice riches and honor go together. See that? Riches and honor go together. Very, very similar. Many times connected in Scripture. We'll, we'll quote a few others in a minute. Uh, look back at the beginning of this chapter. Chapter 29, verse 1 says, Furthermore, King David said to the assembly, my son Solomon, whom God alone has chosen, is young and inexperienced. The work is great. The temple is not for man, but for the Lord God. Now for the house of my God, I have prepared with all my might for the house, because they were building the temple. So this is David knowing that the temple had to be built, knowing that he could not build it because he was a man of war, knowing that Solomon, his son, was going to be allowed to build it. But David is collecting the offering before he dies. Now that's a good dad. David says, for the house of my God, I have prepared with all my might gold for the things to be made of gold, silver for the things of silver, bronze for the things of bronze, iron for the things of iron, wood for the things of wood, onk stones, stones to be set, glistening stones of various colors, all kinds of precious stones, and those that are in my wife's uh, jewelry box, and marble slabs in abundance. Hey, Joni's giving away lots of stones, so if she has a lot, don't get mad, that's seed and harvest. Basically, he said, I prepared. He, he, David said, I prepared with all my might. He prepared with all his might, all the stuff. He got all the jewelry and all the gold and all the precious things together with all of his might. Now that's a serious offering. I remember when we were raising money for the church building, Ethan prepared with all his might. He was only what? 10, 11, prepared, he prepared with all his might the best offering he, he could give. What was it? He did a garage sale and all the funds, all of his stuff was going to be sold and given to the church for the offering. Prepared with all of his might. Have you ever done a garage sale for the church? You ever sold anything big for the church? You ever prepared with all your might? Have you ever moved money around a whole bunch to try to get a great offering to give to God in some way? 
You ever prepared with all your might? And this was a lot of stuff. Then it says, verse 3, Moreover, because I have set my affection on the house of my God, I have given to the house of my God over and above all that I prepared for the holy house, my own special treasure of gold and silver. Not only did David collect it from the kingdom, he gave of his own special collection, his own special treasure of gold and silver, 3,000 talents of gold, the gold of Ophir, 7,000 talents of refined silver. This is billions of dollars in today's money. Hundreds of millions, and then it gets into billions of dollars in today's money. 3,000 talents of gold, 7,000 talents of refined silver to overlay the walls of the houses, gold for the things of gold, silver for the things of silver, all kinds of work to be done by the hands of craftsmen. Who then is willing to consecrate himself this day to the Lord? Consecration includes money. Then the leaders followed suit, the leaders. So you have a leader and then you have other leaders. Then the leaders of the father's houses, leaders of the tribes of Israel, the captains of thousands, of hundreds, with the officers over the king's work, offered willingly. They gave for the work of the house of God 5,000 talents, 10,000 derricks of gold, 10,000 talents of silver, 18,000 talents of bronze, 100,000 talents of iron. And whoever had precious stones gave them to the treasury of the house of the Lord in the hand of Jehiel the Gershonite. Then the people rejoiced for they had offered willingly. Because with a loyal heart, they had offered willingly to the Lord. You're supposed to get serious about giving to the the Lord. Well, the Lord doesn't need my money. Well, if you value him that much, then he doesn't. To be honest, that's how he thinks of it. If you're not going to value him with your heart, then the lip service and the surface stuff ain't going to matter anyway. He's not trying to squeeze you for money. He's He's just checking your heart. Anybody that has a heart that's loyal to God, man, you should have gone through this before. And if you're a brand new Christian, now's your chance. Now's your chance. So leaders, one of our requirements for leaders is that they're generous. Leaders are supposed to follow suit. Leaders are supposed to offer willingly. If you think you're mature in the Lord, you should be offering willingly. It's just an aspect of being, being close to God is you get real generous. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. Look at verse 28. First Chronicles 29, 28. So he, David, died in a good old age, full of days and riches and honor. See how riches and honor go together? Even after David gave all of this money, he still died with riches and honor. You can't, you can't outgive God. Just when you think you've given way too much, here comes the harvest. So you're going to have to think that way. You're going to have to recognize this supernatural stuff. The way God does this is seed time and harvest, very supernatural very necessary, very real. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. Uh, I'll just quote this one. When King Solomon took over and God said, ask me anything, I'll give it to you. And he didn't ask for riches and honor. He didn't ask for power and glory. He asked for wisdom. And God said, I've given you also, he gave him wisdom and discernment. And he said, I've also given you what you have not asked, both riches and honor. So that there will not be anyone like you among the kings all your days. Second Chronicles 17. All Judah gave presents to Jehoshaphat and he had riches and honor in abundance. Notice riches and honor go together. Somehow it's valuables. It refers to valuables. Riches and honor in abundance. Uh, Hezekiah had great riches and honor. And he made himself treasuries. That's what it says. 
Go to Acts chapter 28. Acts chapter 28, this is uh, when Paul had the shipwreck. I mean, he didn't have it, but he was on the ship and it wrecked. And they escaped. He got bit by the snake. Uh, he didn't die. They thought he was a god. He led them all to Christ. He, he uh, healed the sick. And then it says, verse 9, so when this was done, the rest of those on the island who had diseases also came and were healed. Verse 10, and they also honored us in many ways, and when, and when we departed, they provided such things as were necessary. The King James says they honored us with many honors. Now, I don't, I don't know that that means they danced around the campfire and sang songs to them and stuff like that, because people of God would say, no, 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 don't do that. Don't act like you're celebrating me that much. Uh, they honored him with many honors. They gave such things as were necessary. They gave him stuff. Simple as that. They honored us in many ways. So you can honor in many ways. And they gave us such things as were necessary. Another translation says they gave us valuables. In Revelation, it talks about the new Jerusalem coming down. And this is one of the prophecies from the Old Testament that in the thousand year reign of Christ, when the new Jerusalem comes, uh, or when Israel becomes the center place again, the centerpiece of all humanity, that all the Gentiles bring goods and gifts to Jerusalem. Right. And, it, and it quotes it in uh, Revelation 21. It says, the nations of those who are saved shall walk in its light and the kings of the earth bring their glory and honor into it, into the new Jerusalem. And they shall bring the glory and the honor of the nations into it. So glory refers to riches many times and honor refers to riches many times. And so that's when the wealth of the sinner is laid up for the just and you'll see it all come to pass in a physical way by, by rule. <clears throat> Turn to Psalm 91. All right, so we got the fact that riches and honor go together in some way. Psalm 91, now I want to talk about honor from God. God gives honor to us. Did you know that? Yes. <clears throat> Psalm 91, verse 14. Because he, God speaking now, because he has set his love upon me, therefore I will deliver him. I will set him on high because he's known my name. He shall call upon me and I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble I will deliver him and honor him. With long life, I'll satisfy him and show him my salvation. You see that? God says, if you set your love upon him, he'll honor you. Look at John chapter 12. Well, God knows I love him. I don't know about that. There's a whole bunch of if you love me, then you have. A, there's a whole bunch of those in the Bible. If, then. If you love me, then. Jesus said it many times. If you love me, then. We're not going to study that today, but there are requirements to say that you love God. 
We're not talking about just an endearment. We're talking about, I love that song. We're not just talking about the thought of Jesus. They're qualifiers. John chapter 12, verse 26, or verse 25 sets it up. He who loves his life will lose it. He who hates his life in this world will keep it for eternal life. Don't be too endeared to all the stuff you got. To this natural world, you can't do it. If you love that too much, you'll miss Jesus. Verse 26, if anyone serves me, let him follow me. And where I am, there my servant will be also. If anyone serves me, him my father will honor. How's he going to honor you? Probably many ways. Probably also including substance. So you could take this scripture and serve Jesus with a, with a true heart. You have to be real true about it and fully expect all sorts of honor. Not look for it, not chase it, not pine after it, not desire it, but expect it. You serve Jesus, he's the sole focus, and all these things are added to you. Amen. Isn't that scripture? Amen. Isn't that how it works? If anyone serves me, my father will honor him. You can expect substance to be included in that. Matthew 6.33 is all about substance, all about basic necessities, all about stuff in your life will be added to you. You just serve him. Amen. But don't carry any doubt and unbelief about money. Don't carry any false doctrine about, you know, everybody trying to stay poor. Don't, don't carry false doctrine around. Have faith. Now, here's... Here's some scriptures. I don't really want to read them. I want to quote them to you. Or do you want to read them? It's Wednesday night. Let's read them. Proverbs. Proverbs chapter 3. This is honor that comes from God, but really it comes because of some other things. Here is how you can get some honor. Not that we're chasing honor from men, but we're expecting honor to come from heaven, from God, from principle. Honor comes our way. And I didn't make this up. God said all these things so we can have some faith for it. This is honor that comes from wisdom, humility, the fear of the Lord, generosity. Look for honor here. <clears throat> Proverbs chapter 3. Verse 16, uh, well, this is talking about wisdom. Verse 13, Proverbs 3.13, happy is the man who finds wisdom and the man who gains understanding. Her proceeds are better than the profits of silver and her gain than fine gold. She's more precious than rubies. All the things you may desire can't compare with her length of days is in her right hand. And in her left hand, riches and honor. Here it's saying wisdom is better than riches, but she's carrying them. In her left hand, riches and honor. Hallelujah. Look at chapter 4. It's talking about wisdom again. Verse 7, wisdom is the principal thing. Therefore, get wisdom, and in all you're getting, get understanding. Exalt her, and she'll promote you. She'll bring you honor when you embrace her. We're not talking about a parade. You don't need a parade. We're talking about something else. Somehow, wisdom will, will, will give you honor. You get wisdom. You don't chase honor. You go after wisdom. 
Look at chapter 8. Chapter 8. Talking about wisdom. Verse 12. I, wisdom, dwell with prudence and find out knowledge and discretion. Then it says, the fear of the Lord is to hate evil, pride and arrogance in the evil way. And then skip down to verse 17. I love those who love me. It's talking about wisdom is saying this. Wisdom and understanding are saying these things. And those who seek me diligently will find me. Verse 18. Riches and honor are with me, enduring riches and righteousness. Look at Proverbs 15. So when it says that God will honor you, how's he going to do it? With riches and honor. Proverbs 15, verse 33, the fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom, and before honor is humility. So if you're going to have some honor, you're going to have to humble yourself first. How many humble people do we have in here? Don't raise your hand. You should be able to self-evaluate and detect your meter, right? Just a little bit. At least every once in a while, you need to be assessing yourself. How am I doing here, Lord? Uh, I want to make sure my pride needle is zero and my humility needle is 100. I want to make sure everything's right so I'm developing. I don't think anybody's perfect, so you don't want to go championing it and trumpeting it. But at the same time, you ought to self-evaluate. We're not talking about false humility. Some people get into false humility where they purposely talk bad about themselves or something or even think bad about them. We're not talking about doing that. We're talking about making sure that you're truly humble and not prideful. We'll just let y'all think about it for a moment. Just sit there and think about it for a moment. Where did I say to go? Proverbs 18. Exactly. Says it again, before destruction, the heart of a man is haughty, but before honor is humility. Proverbs 21, 21. He who follows righteousness and mercy finds life and righteousness and honor. Proverbs 22, 4. By humility and the fear of the Lord are riches and honor and life. Notice that. Here's the things you got to focus on. Not get, get, get. Not use your faith to accumulate. But humility and the fear of the Lord bring you riches and honor and life. You do it right, your faith can work. If you don't have humility and the fear of the Lord, your faith will leak out. If, you, if you're not humble, your heart knows it. And your, a guilty conscience will always cause your faith to leak out. This is the connection to faith. We're not just talking to somebody that just... Start obeying God better and you'll have. No, it's your faith in God needs to be secure. And in order for it to be secure, your heart has to follow these principles. Does that make sense? That's a very important connection from Old Testament to New Testament. Uh, Psalm 112, I'll quote this to you. Psalm 112, verse 9. 
Uh, Talking about the generous person has dispersed abroad. He's given to the poor. His righteousness endures forever. His horn will be exalted with honor. Turn to Romans chapter 12. So this is how you receive honor from God. Romans chapter 12. Now let's talk about honor toward people. Honor toward people. Now, when we talk about honor toward people, what does it mean? What's it referring to? Just have a good, a good thought toward them? Send them a nice note? Well, you can honor people in many ways, but don't forget the riches way. That's why it's okay for a pastor to say, y'all should be giving out faith handshakes to one another every once in a while. Like that should be part of your Christian lifestyle is that you willingly, freely uh, have on your heart to give to somebody. Or have some extra in your palm and, and don't think to yourself, what can I buy, but who can I give this to? Amen. See, the, the life of a Christian is generous. And so that's why it's okay for me to say those things to you up here and, and plant that seed so that you consider, you know what? I've never really done that before. I think I ought to buy somebody's groceries at the store, give a stranger some money or, a, or, or the poor, give some extra to the poor or find a saint that, that you just want to bless. You don't have to look around for the poorest saint in the church to, to know you did some good. Sometimes people want to be the hero to a poor person. Don't do that. Don't do that. Don't try to be a hero. You just mess the whole thing up. Just be free. Distribute freely. There is somebody that distributes way more than it looks like he should, but it leads to prosperity. There's other people that clinch it so tightly because it's all they got and it tends to poverty. You think if I give it, I'll be poor. No, you'll be richer. This is the way of God. He does it all in reverse. If you want to be great, you're going to have to get real humble. If you want to be wealthy, you're going to have to give, not hoard. Romans chapter 12, verse 10. Be kindly affectionate to one another with brotherly love in honor, giving preference to one another. Should I buy a Starbucks coffee or should I give one? Hopefully you have enough money to do both. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. Well, one time we were at the mall, Joni and I was with another couple, another preacher couple, and uh, the, one of the, the lady went over to, uh, to the Starbucks booth, and she was buying a gift card. She wanted a, she wanted a gift card envelope. What? She wanted a gift card envelope. And I was standing there with her and she was getting a gift card envelope. And I'm thinking, I, wish, I don't know what she's doing. So I kind of walked away and uh, she comes back over. She gives, she gives us the gift card envelope, the Starbucks gift card envelope. I'm like, Oh, look, look at that. Look at that. She gave us a gift card, got home and opened it up. It was $400 in the gift. A month? It was a month later. It's $400 in the gift card envelope. It's like, wow, that was a real honor. So we had to acknowledge it. It's like, wow. I don't think it was a month, but it might have been. 
It, uh, it wouldn't have lasted a month in Elaine's car. <laughs> Romans 13, are we there? Romans 13, 7. Render therefore to all their due taxes to whom taxes are due, customs to whom customs, fear to whom fear, honor to whom honor. Look at 1 Peter chapter 2. First Peter to the right. Just before... Second Peter. Uh, verse 15 sets it up. It's kind of exciting. Or verse 13 actually sets it up a little bit. Therefore, submit yourselves to every ordinance of man for the Lord's sake, whether to the king as supreme or to governors or to those who are sent by him for the punishment of evildoers and for the praise of those who do good. For this is the will of God, that by doing good you may put to silence the ignorance of foolish men, as free, yet not using liberty as a cloak for vice, but as bondservants of God. Honor all people. Love the brotherhood. Fear God. Honor the king. Praise the Lord. Ephesians 6 says, repeats a commandment from the Old Testament, honor your father and your mother, which is the first commandment with a promise. So that it'll be, it'll be well with you. And you may live long in the earth. So children need to learn how to honor their parents. Um, and you need to learn how to honor up and down. You honor up, sure. You honor sideways to everyone. Everyone gets honor. Listen, everyone's valuable. Amen. Every human's valuable. Every Christian is extremely valuable. Uh, so, so between us and God, you're extremely valuable. That's why you don't ever need to seek honor. You seek God, you live for God, you serve Jesus, you get honor, but you never seek for honor because you're already valuable. Sometimes people want a title, they want to be seen, they want their gift to be known and, and heard or whatever. You don't need to do that. God will set you up, right? Your gift will make room for you. You don't need any kind of special attention from anybody. Why? Because you know you're valuable in God. Amen. And this is why I was talking about, you know, once you see Jesus, it'll change your whole life. And you're content and happy no matter where God's placed you or planted you or what he's called you to do uh, or what potential you think you may have or what future may hold. You're happy all the time Amen. because you're valuable. Right. So everybody gets value. But then there's some specific commands in giving certain honor in di to different people groups. But you need to learn how to honor up and down. Even parents need to learn how to honor their kids, addressing them properly. Don't be demeaning to children in any way. Like a mother acting as if their kids are embarrassing them. Why don't you just laugh at yourself? Laugh at your kids. They, they just want you to laugh. Or fathers criticizing their kids on the, on the ball field or, or in some kind of competition. Oh, no, you can't do that. Christian, you know that. You, you know your heart would stop you, right? But because, why are you doing it? It's because you're honoring them instead of humiliating children. Kids need, you know, affirmation. So you got to protect what you say to your children. Build them with honor. You know, you can deal with their bad behavior, but don't put down their character. Don't put down the real them. Act like you value them greatly and esteem them greatly. And I'm just correcting you so that you can do what's right. 
First Timothy chapter 5 talks about widows. It says, honor widows who are really widows. What do you mean honor widows who are really widows? Does it mean we should be giving uh, Hallmark cards to all the widows in the church? No. Honor widows. That passage talks about giving to the widows. The church takes care of widows or helps supplement widows in the church. The scripture says, if any widow has children or grandchildren, let them first learn to show piety at home and repay their parents. For this is good and acceptable before God. So any any woman or sometimes a man, but a, a, a widow, 60 years of age, can be taken into the widowhood of the church and cared for by the church. But the warning is, but if they have children, let the children take care of them. So as a last resort, the church would help, but let the children repay their parents and give them. But it says honor widows. What's it talking about? It's not giving them money. Just some simple context, talking about giving them money. 1 Timothy, 3, 1 Timothy 5, 3 and 4. There you go. <clears throat> the Bible actually says that husbands should dwell with their wives with understanding, giving honor to the wife as to the weaker vessel and as being heirs together of the grace of life that your prayers be not hindered. Husbands ought to give extra money to their wives. All the husbands are like, no, don't do that. I've been trying to rein them in. Hey, it's likely a reason why wives spend more. No, I, I don't think that's a rule, but <clears throat> giving honor to the wife, letting, be, letting them be part of the bank account and the credit card. Hey, listen, I've known Christian husbands who uh, gave allowance to their wife. That's not how it works when you're one flesh. You don't have separate bank accounts. You're not... This is mine. This is yours. You're not fighting like that. Amen. You're giving honor to the wife as under the weaker vessel. Now, if she makes more than you, she should be honoring you. <laughs> but this, this giving honor to the wife, this passage, 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 5, you go backwards, just this two scriptures backwards. It says, the holy women who trusted God adorned themselves, being submissive to their own husbands, as Sarah obeyed Abraham, calling him Lord. If we're going to read the give honor to the wife, we're going to read the call your husband Lord. Has that ever worked with y'all? Anybody? Lord Aaron. Lord Patrick. Hey, when y'all are in a good mood one day, try it. Just see what happens to that husband. He might even start pulling out his wallet. <laughs> honor is a special thing, so find a way. Find a way to honor all people. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. T.L. Osborne said this, he said, you cannot honor God without honoring his servants. 
We're all servants of God, but you know, specifically, there are those devoted fully. Uh, 1 Peter chapter 5, so let's talk about honoring leaders. And there's, uh, we just read about honoring governments, honoring kings. There's uh, really four divisions of authority. The powers that be are ordained by God. So God set up authority systems, order in different arenas of life. One is the civil arena. Our society has order in it and rules. Those in authority, church absolutely has some order in it according to scripture. Family has order in it. Anytime those are violated, somebody's dishonored somebody. Uh, And then the social arena, coaches, teachers, um, employers. So there are different arenas for authority, submission, and honor. Uh, Here's what the scripture says concerning the church. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 2, or verse 1, 1 Peter 5, 1, the elders who are among you I exhort... I, whom a fellow elder and a witness of the sufferings of Christ, and also a partaker of the glory that will be revealed, shepherd the flock of God, which is among you, serving as overseers, not by compulsion, but willingly, not for dishonest gain, but eagerly. So no shepherd, no preacher should be doing it for the money. Amen. No preacher should be eager or greedy for gain. Another scripture says filthy lucre. No way. If you think about, I might want to be in the ministry so I could collect some, well, you're disqualified. Verse three, nor as being lords over those entrusted to you, but being examples to the flock. Now look at Hebrews chapter 13. Hebrews chapter 13, verse 17, or verse 16, Hebrews 13, 16, but do not forget to do good and to share, for with such sacrifices God is well pleased. Verse 17, obey those who rule over you and be submissive, for they watch out for your souls as those who must give account. Let them do so with joy and not with grief, for that would be unprofitable for you. What does that mean? That means don't give your pastor grief. <laughs> Just recognize, and it's hard to describe this. I don't want to go into it uh, extendedly, but there, there's something when, when pastors look at church members, we, we have this endearment. We have this responsibility. We feel this. Amen. A true pastor will feel this watching over people's souls. That's why we care in your life. We care what decisions you make. We care what lifestyle you lead. We care that you're getting it. We care, we care that you're learning. We care that it, Christ is being formed in you. We care uh, for your personal, personal life. So it's just a supernatural thing. It's hard to describe it. You'll just have to trust that we're actually looking over your souls. It's, you know, and these are the things I, you know, you'd rather somebody else teach it. So let's just let Paul at least teach these things. But if I don't read it to you, I'd be a dishonest shepherd. So we got to cover all these uh, personal things that actually dig into your heart and dig into your soul and dig into even your pocket sometimes. I got one yep, no amens on that one. 
That's what I was afraid of. They're going to dig into your pocket. <laughs> I'm, trying to, I'm trying to help you understand that God expects you to get rid of your alligator arms. Can't do it. Can't do it. Just reasons I can't do it. You just don't, you wouldn't understand. Go to Matthew chapter 10. And, and, and when you think about submission, we've been told to submit and be obedient. Submission is a little different than obedience. Uh, one is attitude. Submission is an attitude. Obedience is an action. We're called to both. So you have to have a right heart too. To be, to be truly submitted, a wife would have to actually have a right heart toward her husband. It's one thing to obey, it's another to submit. They're similar, connected, but a little different. Matthew chapter 10. Verse 40. He who receives you, Jesus talking here. He says, he who receives you receives me. He who receives me receives him who sent me. He who receives a prophet in the name of a prophet shall receive a prophet's reward. And he who receives a righteous man in the name of a righteous man shall receive a righteous man's reward. And whoever receives one of these little ones only with a cup of cold water in the name of a disciple, I say to you, he will by no means lose his reward. So there's this idea of receiving or honoring a prophet in the name of a prophet or honoring a righteous man. Know, know who it is and give honor to the person. You'll get a reward for it. There's rewards and I, there's whole lessons you could teach from the reward system. But just recognize that you're supposed to know who's who. Matthew 13. This is when Jesus came to his own country. Verse 54. Matthew 13, 54. When he came to his own country, he taught them in their synagogues. So that they were astonished and said, where did this man get this wisdom and this mighty works? Is not this the carpenter's son and not his mother called Mary and his brothers James and Joseph and Simon and Judas? And doesn't he put his pants on just like us? And his sisters, are they not all with us? Where then did this man get all these things? So they were offended at him, but Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his own country and in his own house. And he did not do many mighty works there because of their unbelief. Notice Jesus said, the prophet's not without honor except when he's in his own place. And so uh, <laughs> it's a strange feeling, you know, uh, when, when pr pastors go preach somewhere else, it's, it's quite different than when we preach here. And there's only one reason. You know the reason? It's because you know us. It's because you know us. He wears jeans just like I wear jeans. And what's happened is in the old days, that's why priests and preachers began to wear different garments. Let me distinguish myself from you. Well, that's Old Testament style. We don't do that. I'm not trying to get honor from you. I'm not going to wear something to denote that I'm in a particular uh, office, okay? I just don't see that in Scripture. I don't see that pass through the cross. They made the priests of the Old Testament do it. And there was lots of symbology in it predicting Christ. I don't see it pass through the cross, so I don't want to give esteem to that. So that people begin to have faith in some of those garments and other garments. So I, I you know, 
I'm an example to you. Right? Didn't we already read that? Be an example to the flock. Don't lord it over them with your hat and your stick and, and act like, you know, I am Moses. There's no more Moseses. There's no more Charlton Hestons, okay? The millennials are like, yeah, I thought that pastor was old. <clears throat> to be an example, uh, you know, I have to be a real person. And I'm not trying anything in particular. I'm just being myself on purpose because as an, I want to show you how a Christian is supposed to live. So you have to separate the fact that I'm a Christian and one of us all together, same, in essence, in nature. And then distinguish the fact that I also stand in a different place called an office. I stand in an office. Preachers stand in, a, in, a, in an office to edify you. So you have to esteem the office, not the dress code. Amen. Uh, go to 1 Timothy chapter 5, 1 Timothy 5. First Timothy 5. So here's a good question for us. Do we honor, who do we honor more? See, as Christians, you enter into the thing called the church. The church is the body of Christ. It's a whole family of God. It's totally different than what you're used to. Christianity is not just, you know, I, I ascribe to that belief system. Oh, Christianity is totally different. You get born into the kingdom. When you receive Jesus, you get born into the kingdom of God. And the Bible says that the Holy Spirit baptizes you into Christ. You've been baptized into Christ, spiritually, into the body of Christ. Uh, what are you talking about exactly? It's something very supernatural about it. And so it's totally different in here, okay? And so we do it. That's why we live differently than the world. We live backwards. If you want to sit in the front, you got to start in the back. If you fight over the front, you'll get moved to the back. <laughs> if you want to be great, you got to get little. Isn't that what he said? If you want to increase, you got to decrease. If you want to get, you got to give. All right, so 1 Timothy chapter 5. So, so who do we honor more? Do we honor the president of the United States more or a preacher? preacher? You always honor a preacher more than the president of the United States. If you have to pick one, you go to that team. Which team do you want to go for? You go to the preacher team. We're, we're Christians. We're our first allegiance is to the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. You still want to give honor to the president or whoever's in charge of whatever. You want to give honor to them. But if you have to choose, you're going to the preacher side. Do they roll out the red carpet for the president? How much honor is the president get, getting? Well, not, any, not much these days. For the past about 30 years, presidents had, they used to honor the president in a big way. Uh, but now it's, it's kind of diminished all the way down to negative probably. Uh, but in essence, if the president of the United States was coming, what would happen? We would clean the church. You'd probably wear a coat. Some of you are thinking, I wouldn't do nothing different. Well, you should at least consider it and get rid of that attitude. 
And I'm not talking about dress code. I'm just using that as an example. We should have that in our heart for preachers, leaders in the body. And let's go one step further. We should have that in our heart for everybody. And that's why you do take a shower before you come to church. (laughs) If at all possible, you take a shower. I mean, if you're living on the street and in your car, okay, just come to church. We'll, We'll take care of you. We got a shower in the back. We'll fix you. Or just fine. We don't care. Or if you had to work all day, just come to church. You don't need to shower. We're not talking about that. I'm talking about you come on purpose. You don't just drag yourself out of bed and put your flip-flops on. Your house slippers and just drag into church with your little blanket. And, and the reason you don't is because you're honoring people. And so we don't have any dress code here at church. Everybody comes as you wishes, whatever you want. But just dress on purpose. If you're going to wear a t-shirt and jeans, good, fine. Just do it on purpose. Don't just slob it. The only reason is because there's people present and you're supposed to honor all people. We don't expect suits. People don't do that anymore. But if you lived 40 years ago, you better wear, men better wear a suit and a hat. Please don't wear suits and hats these days. (laughs) Live from your heart. If, 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 if that's the only way you can honor, then fine, do that. But it's not required. So we don't have dress code here for that reason. But the only reason we would dress is not for God. I'm going to church, dressing for God. God doesn't need your coat and tie. Don't think that way. You're dressing because God loves you at the house with your pajamas on. He, he received your prayer and your worship and everything at the house. So why do we dress when we come? Because we want to see you with clothes on. That's one reason. We, we dress to honor people. That's all it is. So that's why we look halfway decent. All we're asking is for halfway. If you're a lady and you wear makeup, at least one eye. Just do one eye. That's all. Just halfway. Guys, just comb at least one side of your hair. Hey, I fixed a lot of guys' hair in church. I'm like, let me, let me just at least make it look like you combed it. I have never buffed anybody's head. Okay, is it, it must be time to leave. Where are we here? First Timothy 5. Have we not read that yet? 1 Timothy 5. 1 Timothy 5. And if you're going to fly on an airplane, don't wear your, your pajamas. Don't do that. There's people there. How are you going to be a witness if you look like you just rolled out of bed? If you've ever flown, you know what I'm talking about. Verse 17, 1 Timothy 5, 17, let the elders who rule well be counted worthy of double honor, especially those who labor in the word and doctrine. For the scripture says, you shall not muzzle an ox while it treads out the grain and the laborer is worthy of his wages. It's talking about paying preachers. Elders refers to apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Let those who rule well be counted worthy of double honor. What is double honor? I don't know. You figure it out. Give them some honor and then give them some double honor. 
Basically this, don't be afraid of a, of a preacher uh, getting paid. Don't be afraid of a preacher getting paid. They're supposed to be paid. You should want to pay them. I have always wanted to pay preachers because they're valuable. I'm assessing their value to my life, to the church, to the Lord Jesus himself. And so I've always honored preachers. I've always wanted to honor preachers. And then some says, give them double honor. So don't be afraid of that. At some point, you'll have to be okay with it. First Thessalonians, go to first Thessalonians five. Verse 12, we urge you, brethren, to recognize those who labor among you and are over you in the Lord and admonish you and esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake. Esteem them very highly in love for their work's sake. You do have to honor the offices. Honor all people. In church, we honor the fivefold offices especially, and then every other leadership office in the church, and then every other person. But, you know, in my life, I've, I've always endeared myself to my pastor. You should have gone through that, where you let yourself be endeared and, and admire, esteem, value, and honor your pastor. Not because you like him, but because of the office that he stands in. I've never had a problem with that. You know, in my early, Christi- in my early Christian walk, I didn't know I was going to be a preacher, but I certainly gave great value to the pastor of the church. And uh, even my pastor today, I still honor him. At least every year or two, I I honor him with something. I send him a gift. I send him money. I send him something of value from me because I honor him. It's important to me. I don't know know how Christianity would be without that. And other preachers, Jonah and I, we, we honor preachers that have spoken into our life. I recognize the value. I place high esteem on those who've spoken to me the word of the Lord who've ministered from their own soul. I've placed high value on that. At least, at least have great gratefulness inside you for those that have preached and taught you. Thankfulness. Maybe a yearning. I, mean, I think about my pastor, and I just yearn. It's like, oh, God, thank you. I care for him. I want to make him successful. I'll do good for him. I'll just bless his life. Take good care. I just have a yearning for the preachers that I've been close to and especially my pastors. It's like, oh, I care deeply for him. I'm, I'm so endeared to what happened. Whether it was a year or two or 10 or 20, very, very important for us to esteem those highly in love for their work's sake. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. Amen. Everybody happy? Everybody got it? Faith handshakes? Anybody in line for faith handshakes? Not to me, to to one another, to one another, not to me. In no way am I looking for honor. You can feel that, right? You understand that. Good preachers would never do that. No way, no way. We're trying to help ourselves stay free and loose and generous with our money. Amen? Thank you for joining Pastors Chaz and Joni today from Houston Faith Church. If you're looking for a good home church in Houston, Texas, we'd like to invite you to be our guest anytime. What you'll find is that Houston Faith Church is highly committed to the Word of God, the love of God, and the Spirit-filled life and ministry that Jesus expects. 
We know that everyone wants to make a difference in this life and that the Great Commission of the Lord Jesus Christ is the main thing for all of us. You'll find your purpose here and grow strong in faith at Houston Faith Church. Find more faith-building resources on our YouTube channel or subscribe to our free audio podcast. You can also connect with us on Facebook and Instagram. See you soon.